I've got a bold prediction for you, Jake. Here it is. Jake, you are not going to win the league this year. I know you're having a good run. I know you're having some of the biggest weeks we've ever had. But when it all shakes out and the playoffs start, you're going to lose. Congrats on not having to dump an ice bucket on yourself, but you're not going to win the championship either. Yeah, dude, cutthroat. Oh, man. Do you want to hear my impression of Matt Suggs as soon as that voicemail ended? Yeah, sure. (laughs) He didn't stop to breathe once. Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 105. It is Wednesday, December 12th. Zach, week 15 in the NFL. It's semifinals time in CMB. Playoffs. Playoffs, exactly. We should probably play the real bumper of that, right? I know, yeah. I should have it. I don't know why I don't have that on our soundboard. but I- every, every podcast this time of year should be playing that. Yep. But like I said, it's week 15. The season has really flown by. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It just, it's insane how fast things are going. All of the playoff implications in the NFL are in right now, and we are uh, a third of the way done with the playoffs in our league. We are. All right, so let's just move on, Zach. No time to uh, mess around. Let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Some NFL news from week 15. Zach, this came out today on Wednesday. The 14th Sunday became the most watched NFL Sunday since 2016 per Austin Karp of Sports Business Daily. So let's talk about that Sunday that took place, like I said, in week 14. Were you watching these games, Zach, as the day unfolded? No, no, I didn't get a chance to watch them. So I didn't get to see a lot of them, but I did see a few. So the wildest game was definitely Miami-New England, and that game ended, of course, it's been the most talked about play, uh, maybe not of the season, but most talked about play definitely on Sunday in that the uh, Patriots were leading the Dolphins. Lateral play, Kenyon Drake scores a touchdown. The Dolphins beat the Patriots at home. That game was insane, and it didn't give Rich the win, but Kenyon Drake got probably around 10 points just on that lateral and the touchdown alone. So uh, some implications there in CMB. Did you, watch, did you see any of Philly-Dallas? Um, no, I did not get to see any. I saw Cooper went off, though. Yeah, a couple questionable calls in that game. I know Dallas Goddard, the tight end for the Eagles, scored on like a 65-yard touchdown down the middle of the field, but it got called back for offensive pass interference, which a lot of people are saying was not uh, the case, obviously. And then the other, the biggest game, I would say, was Baltimore-Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes, the story of that game, of course, the no-look pass to Chris Conley and the bomb he threw at the end there to Tyreek Hill in a game that I did not see coming, I thought they would blow out the Raiders, but they squeak out with the – excuse me, against the Ravens, but they squeak out with a win. Um, this – that week, it's going to be hard to top. Yeah, there's some memorable plays for sure. Was there – is there a moment, Zach, where you just kind of give up, not on the NFL season, but when you're out of the playoffs in fantasy, do you have any reason to watch Red Zone or do you, do you pay attention to the Sunday games at all? No, I really don't. And this year, I mean – I have completely just turned it off, like no desire to watch it all. But I do enjoy watching the Titans game. You know, it's fun to watch that and just root for them. But, I mean, I couldn't – if you texted me and asked me for some advice on a matchup or something, I couldn't help you. I have no idea. 
I had a really cool experience in week 14 and I, you know, we didn't talk about the best part of our week like we used to, but if I were to do that, I would have said uh, the tour that I took on Sunday, I went out to see my brother in Los Angeles and he works for NFL network. He's in it. Um, and he's, my brother is not a sports fan at all. So he's like the model employee there. Like he's not going to bother like the talent and stuff, but I got to tour NFL network and got to see how everything unfolds on a Sunday. Oh, so cool. we, we walked in the newsroom at the NFL Network, and you see just TVs around every wall. Everyone's watching the games. We went and stood behind the, the main studio. And so I saw, you know, like Rod Woodson and Terrell Davis. I got to meet, like, Dan Helley. So it was really cool seeing, uh, you know, I saw the Red Zone, where they do the Red Zone channel, like the recording of that. I got to see the control room. Uh, so it was kind of a neat point of view, and it was a really cool Sunday to get to experience that. Man, that's awesome, especially since you got to go on a Sunday, too. That's really cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Definitely took some pictures. Definitely took some pictures in a room that I don't think I was supposed to be in. Uh, my brother, he's got this, you know, it, being in IT, he has a badge to rooms I think other departments don't. And so we walked in a room and it was dark and it was the Deion Sanders room. He's got his own room there. It's where he does the, you know, when you ball, you get a call stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got, I've got some pictures in there. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Very cool. You should post them, post them in the Facebook group. I should. And I probably will after this podcast. Next bit of news here in the NFL also announced on Wednesday was the announcement that the salary cap is raising again, this time to around $190 million in 2019. This was a release that was sent to all of the 32 clubs on Wednesday. Zach, this is a 40% increase in just five years. It's the sixth consecutive year that the cap has been raised. So, you know, I could see a lot of movement with a lot of players. Teams have more money to spend on these high-dollar free agents in uh, – the NFL, which raises the question, do you think that we would ever consider doing a raise of our fab budget? Are we satisfied with the current fab system? Uh, I'm definitely up for hearing what everybody has to say about that. You know, this is what our second year doing that. So we just kind of went with the default. So I, I would be up for it if, you know, other people thought it was a good idea. I kind of like the $100 budget. It's a nice clean number. Yeah. I don't think people, would, you know, we have – I would say five to six players or, or teams didn't even spend over, you know, $30. So some people aren't really even utilizing the fab system, which I don't understand. Um, yeah. I think, I think Zach, what you need to do at some point in like June, yeah, an episode we need to have is you giving a Ted talk about fab books <laughs> and why you should spend them. <laughs> well, you know, if we raise the fab, it would just be even more confusing because you would just have to figure out how much more money you would have to spend. You know, it would just raise them basically what it, would, it does in the NFL on signing players. So it would probably just be a little bit more confusing for us being uh, fantasy football managers. Right. More news from Wednesday. The Saints announced that they waived Brandon Marshall after just one month. That was on the league's transaction wire. Uh, he was cut exactly one month after he was being, he was signed by the Saints. And here is his history in CMB. Signed by West Coast Wombats on September 12th for $10 after he signed with Seattle. Swiftly dropped a couple of weeks later by West Coast Wombats. And then he signs with New Orleans on the 13th of November, added by Big Orange Bullies on the 21st for $0. But he did not see the field at all with New Orleans. Didn't really even see the field with Seattle. Is his career done, Zach? Yeah, he's done. I, I hate when this happens. I hate seeing a player who just – like kind of Des is kind of a similar way. Like, you know, such so great in their prime. Clearly it's over. Um, just, just 
end it. It's done. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's done. All right. And then the biggest story I would say definitely here locally, but uh, the biggest fantasy story has to be Derek Henry, who was named the week 14 AFC offensive player of the week. He had 238 rushing yards on and four rushing touchdowns on just 17 carries in that Thursday night football game against the Jaguars. He had 48.55 points for West Coast Wombats. Unbelievable. Still was not enough, though, for WCW to beat Tecmo, who won by 14 points. But I'm telling you, if Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks hadn't put up just 1.5 and 5.2 points each. Oh, yeah. And Devin Funches would have just put up anything. Yeah, yeah, they – yeah. Uh, we would probably be talking about West Coast Wombats in the semifinals. Yeah, definitely very unfortunate for them. Fair, I mean, Jared Goff with 1.5. I mean, that's just it's a, that's a playoff killer right there for sure. Henry could have racked up more yards and touchdowns too on Thursday night had Mike Vrabel decided to run the score up against the divisional foe. Uh, instead, he put in Deion Lewis, who went three straight carries at the goal line for no game. So, we almost had more Derrick Henry points, and that would have definitely given West Coast Wombats the win. But um, as it is, you know, their luck ran short, and Tecmo gets the win. Yep. All right, some injuries of note heading into week 15. Tyreek Hill of Tecmo Power Runners has a heel and wrist injury and is questionable for Thursday night football against the Chargers. Um, Hill, who put up 44.6 points in week 14, he's actually expected to play – as confirmed by Adam Schefter of ESPN. So we should see Tyree kill this week, and it could be a big week for Tecmo because Sammy Watkins is already confirmed out for Kansas City. So could be another big night for Tyree kill. Yeah, it's just crazy because I, I saw where it said that his foot was really hurt, like it was serious or something, and now all of a sudden he's supposed to play. So go figure. Another really serious injury was Melvin Gordon, who's missed the last couple of weeks for Big Orange Bullies uh, with an MCL injury. Obviously, this is no concern for Big Orange Bullies, who didn't make the playoffs. But strong side has Eckler, which leaves Matt and John with Lamar Miller in their flex spot. So really, you know, I think Eckler was a better play than Lamar Miller this week. But we'll see if they can get some points and get some value out of Lamar Miller uh, it, it's unfortunate for the Chargers because they're now down Melvin Gordon possibly and Austin Eckler. Yep. And Melvin Gordon actually traveled with the team. Uh, they're playing in Kansas City on Thursday Night Football, like I mentioned. So we'll see the status of Gordon, but um, nothing. none of this really matters because Justin Jackson, the third running back, was on Kemp's crew, who we've mentioned was knocked out. Yep. Next injury here, this one is David Johnson of Tecmo Power Runners. Quad injury, missed Wednesday's practice, but he's expected to play per head coach Steve Wilkes on a a statement on Wednesday. So probably just a rest day for DJ. But Rob and Jeff, they need a lot more out of DJ this week than the 15.73 points he's averaging in 2018. I would say, you know, third overall pick, he's been a disappointment. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. Next one here is Odell Beckham Jr. of Dragon Energy, a quad injury. He was limited on Wednesday. Surprisingly, OBJ missed week 14. He was not on the injury report until Friday evening, but the Giants found out they really didn't need him in that 40-16 to blowout of the Redskins on the road. But Rish needs him this week in a big way if he wants to beat Kevin. Yes, for sure. So um, it'll be a, it would be a close matchup if he can get Odell out there. All right, we'll talk about that matchup a little bit later. Like I said, Dragon Energy versus Your Worst Nightmare. Last one here, Zach, and 
I think you have some info on this. Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, missed first five or six games, missed the end of last season, a back injury. He's already ruled out for Sunday's matchup versus the Rams. And it's looking like, I think from what Ian Rappaport said, that if the Eagles lose, they're essentially out of the playoff hunt in the NFC. Nick Foles would become the starter. They would put Wentz on IR should they be eliminated from the playoffs. One team that was eliminated from the playoffs, not only eliminated, but earned the ice bucket. Talking about Isaiah 40-31, much to the suggestion of everyone around the league, Jordan kept Carson Wentz in his lineup for weeks and weeks. And I hear we have a tease or a tidbit about his ice bucket challenge. Yeah, I texted him today, and I just wanted to get a or an update on the ice bucket. He texted back, and this is what I got. I'm going to have a spring theme to the ice bucket. So I'll have to do it around March, early April at the latest. Uh, how did you respond, Commissioner? Yes. Um, so I was just in, in disbelief, you know, but I texted back and I said, it has to be done before the. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just laughed at thinking that he thought he was going to do it in the spring. But um, he said it has to be done. I said it has to be done before the kickoff of the Super Bowl, and it has to be done outside. You know, like obviously we want it to kind of be cold. Them's the rules. Yeah, that's how how it's gone. And he goes, (laughs) he says, uh, well, blast. It will be in late January then, as close as we can get, because a spring-related element will be involved. I had planned to go do it outside, so that will be good. And I said, okay. So I hate to break it to you, but late January is uh, right in the thick of winter. So that's not really going to – I don't know what the spring theme is. Are we going to have, like, eagles flying around? What do you think think this means, Jordan? I have no clue. Like, what is a spring theme? Like, are we talking, like – I don't know. Is he is involving flowers, rain? I mean, the, the rules are pretty clear. Like everyone knows from the beginning, it's, yeah. it's before the halftime show. Yeah, when I saw he said April or March, I was like, what? But anyways, so he knows now, and uh, hopefully he'll get it together, and, and we should have a video soon. Guy's making his own rules. I like it. Yeah. All right, with that, Zach, let's take a trip around CMB, do a little Week 14 recap. Do you have our all-pro team from Week 14, Zach? I do. The top quarterback, there was a tie, and it was between Dak Prescott and Tom Brady for 33.20 points. The top wide receiver. Wait, didn't didn't Mahomes put up, like, over 40? Did he? Did I mess I, up on that? I think so. I don't mean to, like, you know, mansplain you or stat correct you. Yeah. Check it out. Let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, keep going. Um, well, now, now you've got me wanting to check here. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All players, filter, fantasy. Mahomes was 26.55. Wait, 20. really? Wow. 26.55. Dak. Yeah, it was Dak, Tom, Brady, Andrew Luck, Tannehill, Josh Johnson. Of course. <laughs> Matt Ryan, and then Mahomes. All right, keep going. All right, anyway, sorry. Um, your top wide receiver is Amari Cooper, 49.70 points. Juju, 33 points. And then your top running backs were Derrick Henry, 48.55, and Zeke with 31.20. Top tight end was Kittle, 34 points. And your 
flex position player was some guy named Barkley, 29.70. Uh, the top kicker was, is it Badgley? I'm not sure. Bad, Badgley, I think. Badgley. He's the new kicker for the Chargers, 17 points for him. Uh, and he was on Rich's team, which definitely helped him. And then uh, top DST was Chicago. They had 26 points. And uh, that was a great trade we made at the beginning of the year, swapping <laughs> out Minnesota and J.J. Watt for – yeah, anyways. Um <laughs> So, or we gave Chicago and J.J. Watt for Minnesota. Bringing your total, too. Yeah. D.J. Reed, Jr., 23 points. Darius Leonard, 19 points. Of course. Uh, Keekley, tw- or 18.25. Douglas, 17.75. And Darius Slay, 17.75. Bringing your total to 398.10 points. Is that a light week? Uh, this is a decent week, you know, just yeah. kind of looking back. I mean, it's it's up there. It's not, it's not super low. We've had a lot of 360s, it seems like. Right. Um, but I would say that's probably middle of the pack if I had to guess, just looking at it. Your top three most added players were, take a guess. Uh, Ian Thomas, the tight end for number, the Panthers. Number one, which is yep. insane to me. I mean, I looked at – when I saw that, I was like, what? You know, and, and I looked him up. But, I mean, tight end, you're desperate, so whatever. Ian Thomas, who else? Justin Jackson. Incorrect. I don't think you're going to guess it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's a trick question because the second most added player was Derrick Henry because everybody gave up on him. Oh, this isn't just CMB. I, yeah. yeah, this is everybody. Right. everybody. Yeah, that, and all good. of Yahoo Fantasy was Derrick Henry was number two because uh, I guess everybody gave up. And then your number three was Damian Williams, who's the, the backup to Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware at this point. So. Oh, I'm well aware. He's on my roster. Yeah. So, anyways, those are your top three most added. All right, Zach, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but down goes number one, your team of destiny, Zach. The last thing, I am I'm, I'm picking – I'm making it official. I'm picking Jake to win the championship this year. Oh, wow. Zach. Don't put that on me. Don't put that juju on me. I've got the same. I've got the same feeling about your team that I did with IDPs last year. I'm sorry to say it, but Jake of Kemp's crew, he's no more. I know. I feel like you're a little torn on this because, in a way, you're upset that the team of destiny is out, but also Sean Kemp, a loser again. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly it, torn. You know, because I really thought Jake had the team, but at the same time, it's like it's like watching the Bulls you know, beat Kemp in the finals in 96. It's just nice to see him lose. So, um, yeah. But this was also like UMBC beating Virginia. This is, this is like, you know, David beats Goliath. Kevin was, you know, quote unquote, an underdog, but we talked about him being just that powerhouse heading into the playoffs. Where did it go wrong for Jake in this matchup? Would you say, Zach? Um, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, where it went wrong, but, um, like we said all along, Kevin's got a great team. Um, and it's just, he had an unlucky start to the season with the win loss stuff and he's more than capable to win this whole thing. So, uh, he's just got a good team. What do you, what do you think you went wrong? I'll tell you. So Jake started Zay Jones, a bills wide receiver as his flex play. I'm not really sure what happened there, why you needed to go with Zay Jones. But I think when we preview that matchup, we didn't, we didn't see Zay Jones in his lineup, but he went with Zay Jones as his flex play. Just 5.5 points for Justin Jackson with Melvin Gordon out and Austin Eckler hurt. So really disappointing week for Jackson. 
And then just 8.8 points for Zach Ertz, who had previously only had two weeks with single-digit totals. So Zach Ertz, uncharacteristically low week. Just, I think, a combination of all of that. Plus, you know, Kevin just has a stud lineup right now. Yeah, Kevin's got a very explosive lineup. Um, you know, as we saw, obviously, with uh, the, the game on Sunday night or Monday night. But uh, I think the biggest thing that, you know, I think I said last week that Jake – you know, wide receiver was kind of a weak spot for him. And I guess Zay Jones there at the flex, obviously looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty, but wasn't the best best move. But I think what really let him down was um his IDP, Jamal Adams. I got that guy's been a stud for Jake. And um I don't know if he got hurt. I have no idea um what happened, but the previous two weeks he had put up fifteen point fifty points with ten tackles. Last or the week before he had eleven tackles and a sack. 19.25 and then all he had uh, for Jake during this playoff game was a fumble recovery and one tackle assist bringing it to 2.75 so that that really hurts when you've got um, a stud like that that just doesn't do anything all right I'm gonna use an old PTI bit but we talked about Kemp's crew let's also say happy trails to East Coast Wombats West Coast Wombats and Greg Co uh, all four of those teams eliminated after the quarterfinals between those four teams, I think we can agree Kemp's crew the strongest. <clears throat> Out of the teams that lost? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely J- Jake's team was the strongest out of all of those. But uh, everybody else, I mean, they've all got good teams. Anybody can beat anybody. Good news for you, Zach, and Brian, of course, for uh, H&F. East Coast Wombats, they're out of the playoffs. We don't have to talk about Saquon Barkley or Eric Ebron again on this podcast in the year 2018. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just ready for a new draft. That was bad. Would you draft Barkley again? Oh, yeah. I mean, we would definitely draft him again. Would we trade him again? Uh, Would you trade him again? To be determined. TBD. I like it. All right, Zach, let's look at the Pick'em Challenge standings. I know not a lot moved. Uh, after the quarterfinals, but has there been any movement? Does anyone stand a chance of getting close to Matt Suggs? Um, I think it is you. And let's see here. Yeah, you you moved up one spot on uh, Matt. So he's only got a four-point lead. And so there's still, you know, four matchups to pick from this week um, if you want to. So uh, there's you can, you can make some noise for sure. So I would say after that, it's pretty much over. Maybe Greg's got a shot if he could pull up an upset. Uh, but after that, it's over. So um, it's down to Greg, Pace, and Suggs. I feel like I learn something new about this league every week when I start looking at things, or major stuff that I forgot. But Zach, as a reminder, the consolation bracket, so the four teams that we mentioned are now playing each other in the consolation bracket. For uh, for the Pick'em, the consolation bracket is in, is included. And so yeah. – it's included for the pick 'em challenge, but also the end of year seeding. So, if you are the four teams that were eliminated last week, you know, make a starting lineup, make changes if you can, because that affects the consolation bracket and it affects your end of year seeding in the league. Yeah. Yep. It does. Zach, the award we started, I think last year was the first year that we did this, but based on you know your your draft order selection, I should say, your first pick of where you want to draft. That is awarded to the player who wins the Pick'em Challenge. Zach, you texted me the, the other day about a proposal on the draft order. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, you know, like we did, I think it's fun for for number one, whoever gets that, to get the first overall selection of where they want to draft. It's kind of hard to word that, but everybody understands 
um, what we're talking about in this league. But I think it would be um, fun to keep it interesting all throughout the regular for the whole season, basically. And that is to let the entire league pick them standings decide the draft order selection. So not the where you're going to pick necessarily, but like, for example, if we ended today, Suggs would get first shot at where he wants to draft. Then Pace, you would get the second. And then Greg would get third and so on. Um, and it gives everybody something to work towards. Even when you're eliminated um, out of the playoffs, you still want to keep up with the matchups and at least set your picks and you have some interest. Instead of, I mean, there's probably hardly anybody paying attention, you know, in the league at this point. And uh, so anyways, I just, I thought that would be fun to put that out there. And still when we do the pre-draft meeting, that's when you're going to reveal where you're actually uh, picking, you know, throughout the draft order. But uh, I thought, I thought it'd be fun to, you know, kind of, even if you're not going to get that top spot, you're still working on maybe bypassing somebody who's ahead of you, you know? So there's always something to play for, even until the very end of the playoffs. So what do you think about that? I like it. I don't see it as a punishment for people that don't participate because it's, it's not that difficult a thing to do. There's seven matchups each week, make a pick. Even if you don't have time to sit down and invest in, you know, looking at the matchup and seeing who you think is actually going to win, just make a pick if you don't have the time. Um, So I I don't think it's a punishment for those who don't do it. It's more of encouragement. What are are your thoughts on further rewarding the team that wins it all wins the, the regular or wins the, the championship Maybe getting the second selection. Um, what do you mean? Like, so the team that wins the Pick'em Challenge, they get the first selection, and then the team that wins the championship gets the second selection. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but um, I'd, I'd be up for that. You know, I think that's fine. But um, just see what everybody thinks. I, I, like the, I like the idea of it. Is this something that we can implement next year or we're – yeah, it would have to be next year. I don't think it would be fair to everybody this year. So it would just be a one-and-done deal. So it's either you, Greg, or um, Matt getting the, the first selection. You know, right. you guys want to draft. But next year, you know, we'll let everybody know, hey, Bleak Pick'em is going to be what's going to decide, you know, the, the selection order. And uh, I think it would be good. I think it would be fun and kind of keep some interest in the league instead of everybody just kind of tuning out once they're eliminated. So, uh, I mean – Otherwise, we're just picking names out of a hat, you know. So I think it would be fun to do it this way. So this is going to be our, our poll of the week probably? Yeah, I think this will be the poll of the week, and hopefully uh, we can implement this uh, at the pre-draft meeting for next season. I think it would be fun. All right, let's look back at our week 14 locks and bold predictions, do a little review here. Zach, you locked ECW uh, as sponsored by H&F, of course. They took an L, knocked out of the playoffs, so you also took an L on that lock. We're not really playing for anything uh, but pride. Maybe I should go back and total up you, you versus me in these, uh, these bold predictions and locks. Yeah, that'd be interesting. You, you said Philip Lindsay, 30-plus points, finished with 15.10, so an L there uh, for your bold prediction. I locked Tecmo, who won. We talked about that matchup before. I was really confident that they would win by, like, 50 points, so um, – I still get a W there. I said David Johnson, 30-plus points. He finished with 14.10, so an L on the bold prediction. I still like DJ, though, and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we do our Week 15 preview. Zach, the fab is still alive and well, even this deep in the playoffs. Teams still have money, as evident by 
this isn't the large. Is this the largest signing of the season? You know what I'm talking uh, about? Yeah, I think it may be. I think it may be. I think it actually is tied with another uh, pick of fifty dollars. Uh, Dragon Energy, who has not really spent significant money this season, they dominated Fab this week. They draft the player you talked about earlier. They sign Ian Thomas, the Carolina tight end, the number one added player in Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Dragon Energy gets him for fifty dollars, and Strong Side, the team who previously picked up Des Bryant for fifty dollars, they tried to get Thomas for zero dollars. So, Rich finally spending some money. Not sure if it'll play out for him this week. Yeah, he was uh, saving up apparently, waiting for this moment. So here he is, uh, spending fifty. Who was the other person with fifty? The other one, like uh, Des Bryant, I think went for fifty earlier this season. Are you kidding? I, I believe it was fifty. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go look this up. Okay, keep going. Yep, and then the non-compete. The only one worth really mentioning here, again from Dragon Energy, Rich spends twenty-five dollars on the Atlanta defense and special teams. They get the Arizona Cardinals this week. Could be a good matchup, but $25 for a defense special teams. Rish really wanted them. Nobody else bid anything. So Rish gets the two players he wants for $75. And like I said, he spent $75 in week 15, and he had previously only spent $14 combined throughout the entire season. Okay, I just looked it up. Des Bryant on November 7th went for $41. $41, okay. Strong side. Um, outbidding you that you had 16 in IDPs, 12 in Big Orange Bullies, 9. We bid 45 on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that was the second highest. Um, and then Philip Lindsay went for 42 way early in the season. So you, you sign a guy like a sign. You, you, you spend money on a guy like Ian Thomas for 50 bucks, and then the Atlanta defense for 25 Assuming you will start both of those players in these matchups, Zach, we have just two matchups to talk about. We won't talk about the consolation bracket. Not really important at all, but uh, two matchups this week. The semifinals. Let's do our picks of the week. Picks of the week. First one here, and I want to discuss something with you real quick, is Strong Side, the number three seed, versus Tecmo Power Runners, the number two seed. Matt Suggs actually texted me earlier today, Zach, and he had a proposal that he wanted you and I to discuss on the podcast. I want to hear your thoughts. So, like I said, strong side, the third seed, and Matt had a question about uh, – we talked about doing a first-round buy. We talked about that in the Facebook group. One other thing that Matt wants to talk about is playoff reseeding. He said it's, it's an option in Yahoo, and he would love, love, he said in all caps, to face Dragon Energy instead of Tecmo with their running back number one and their tight end spot, talking about Jalen Samuel. So what are your thoughts on reseeding in the playoffs, Zach? Yeah, I think I looked at this and it said something about, is it where like the highest seed plays the lowest seed? Is that what this is? Do you know? Yeah, so it just reseeds. So where you're at, um, I guess, would it, would it be on? Like based off of what? Based on points four, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows? I'm not sure, but yeah, so I think it's something like, the highest seed would always play the lowest seed, mm. something like that. Um, so in this case, I, I mean, I'm not sure. But anyways, I kind of like the March Madness feel of our brackets, how they are. Um, so I think that if there's an upset, there's an upset, and it just keeps going, you know, instead of reseeding it so that the – I agree. I, I don't think it's fair to the the player that got the lower seed, you know, it's all luck. It's not like this has anything to do with skill or anything like that. Um, so I just think let the chips fall where they go, you know, where they may. 
Yeah, and it's a it's a good thing to to propose and at least talk about Suggs. I mean, it, it is convenient that the t- the times we we get texts about, hey, can you guys talk about this on the podcast? It's usually something that a league change that would positively affect that manager in the any given week. Uh, yeah. We talked about like with Jake with trading picks and things like that from a few weeks ago. So I would say this. It, I like what you say about uh, the March Madness feel, and we've talked about that before. Uh, the NFL and fantasy obviously completely different things in a lot of ways, but this is one of the ways where the two are similar and I don't mind having the non reseeding. Um, I, I do think it's kind of weird that the number three, and number two seed have to play each other this week instead of, you know, two playing eight and three playing five. Yeah. Would seem natural that way, but um, yeah, we can, we can certainly open this up for the league to talk about in the Facebook group. Maybe Matt should, should take ownership of that. Yeah. I think we're just putting too much stock in the seeds. You know, I, I, it's just – it's fantasy football, and anybody can beat anybody, and that's just how it is. Whether there's an eight or a one by their name, it does not matter. Uh, we got put out by an eight seed, and we were the number one seed, I think it was uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, the you, no, you, you remember the year, you remember the week, you remember all of the points. Don't act like you've forgotten about it. <laughs> I, really, I really don't. <laughs> but I, I just – I know that that's happened before – um so i i I think it's just a situation we're putting too much uh stock in what the number is besides somebody letting that dictate just how good that team is anybody anybody it's all luck in fantasy football um another option i saw is that you can have divisions you know in in, uh right but i like how we have it set up to where everybody plays everybody one time at least throughout the regular season and so i mean there's a couple little options here and there to tweak it but i really like the way that we have it set up yeah, Matt, like Zach's going to do the poll of the week, like we talked about earlier for the Pick'em Challenge, but take this on yourself. Go ahead and, and make your own poll for uh, to open up discussion about reseeding. I wonder what people's thoughts are on the league. Yep. All right, let's pick this matchup. Strong side versus Tecmo Power Runners. Zach, <clears throat> it's always been this way, but with the Cream Hunt situation that we talked about last week, Spencer Ware is probably out this week. Tyreek Hill is going to be Kansas City's entire offense. On the, thir- the Thursday night game against the Chargers. I-, I said last week that teams always play well for their interim coach in the first week. And the Packers did just that. They did what I predicted. They beat the Falcons for Joe Philbin last week. But I don't think that happens again this week against the number one defense, the Chicago Bears. And Aaron Rodgers, strong sides quarterback, should have a rough night. I mean, look what that defense, the Bears defense did to Jared Goff and the Rams last Sunday night. It I just It's going to be rough for Aaron Rodgers. And even though he let me down in my bold prediction last week, I like David Johnson this week against the Falcons. They are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this season. I think it's a close matchup, but I like the old duo, the brothers, over the new duo, the reunited coworkers, going with Tecmo. Yeah, it's, it's just tough to pick against Tecmo, given that they've got, you know, the running back and the tight end slot. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to have to pick Tecmo as well. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers going up at in Chicago, um, that's not going to be easy at all, you know, especially with Aaron Rodgers with that knee. He can't really move around that much. It could be a, it could be a disaster for him. So um, we'll just have to see how that plays out. And also with Tyree Kill, I mean, what if he, he injures his foot in this game tomorrow? It's a short rest week. Anything can happen. So I'm – wouldn't be surprised if he somehow re-injures his foot or somebody steps on his foot or grabs and tackles him, you know, a certain way um, and messes that up for him. So we'll just have to wait and see. 
Is that your lock? That Tecmo Tecmo beat strong side? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That's my lock. Do you have a bold prediction from this one? Yeah. Tyreek Hill is going to exit the game early with an injury. Oh, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Thursday night game, short rest. There it is. All right, Zach, before we move on here into the next matchup, we have not had on a caller in a while. It's been a while since we've gotten to practice our interviewing skills, but let's welcome on our next guest. It's time for the Call of the Week. Zach, we are now pleased to welcome a team, one of the teams with all capital letters, I should say, one of three, a team that came into the playoffs with a losing record but snuck in there, got the eighth spot, and shocked the world in week 14 during the quarterfinals. I'm talking about Kevin White of Your Worst Nightmare. Kevin, you must be flying high right now. How does it feel moving on, advancing in the playoffs? Well, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It sure beats uh, getting a uh, stat correction to knock you out of the playoffs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it truly is stat correction redemption. I love it. And Kevin, this is this is a lot of redemption for you because just three years ago, you went from the ice bucket now to the semifinals, a true rags riches story. How fun's it been being on this side of things and not worrying about getting the ice bucket thrown on you? Well, it is it is fun. It's not quite as breathtaking, but uh, <laughs> it uh, it's it's nerve wracking though because it has not come easy. I mean, uh, down the stretch, it has been nip and tuck almost every single game. Um, very few games did not come down to the very last game of the of the, the week. So yeah, it's it's been tough. I lost. Uh, I lost what I thought was my doomsday match to Mal. I lost by not quite three points. I thought well, that's going to seal my my doom right there. But um, you know, we pulled it off, so it's it's been fun. All right, Kevin, I'm going to list some names here, and I want you to tell me what all of these names have in common. All right. Go ahead. Matt Suggs, Greg Lucius, Reed Garrison, Zach Henson, and Jay Myrick. Well, you tell me. Those are the managers that picked Kevin to lose in the quarterfinals. You had three people pick you to win, yourself, Matt Collins, and myself. So just wanted you to know the people that picked against uh, your worst nightmare in the first round of the playoffs. And how that leave you feeling, Jordan? It felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, though, when I was down almost 20 points going into Monday night, it was was a little tough because – to be honest with you, uh, I did not think Carson was going to have that good a night. And uh, who could have foreseen that, you know, the, the Seattle defense would have been so stellar. I mean, it was it was incredible. It must have been poetic justice for you because you actually received Chris Carson in a trade with Jake, who you beat in the quarterfinals. Uh, so that must have felt pretty good. Plus, knowing that Zach has called Jake, uh, Kim's crew, the team of destiny. You beat them in the first round. Well... I mean, to be honest with you, anybody can beat anybody on any given uh, week in fantasy football. I mean, all it takes is for some quirk to happen, some injury, something to go bad, and it can flip easily. Um, It was – I did take note of the fact that I had Carson on the team uh, this week, this past week, and he had Ertz, which was – Highly criticized. I think most people thought I was an idiot for making that trade. But Zach 
pointed out that even though a lot of people wouldn't have made that trade, I was actually desperate because I needed a running back in the worst way. Um, and so I, I took it. He didn't, he didn't hit the ground running. Uh, right. <laughs> he didn't hit the ground running to begin with, but he has come on all season long and has really um, been somebody that I could count on for, you know, 15, sometimes 20 points. So it, in the end, um, I think he's been just as valuable to me as Ertz would have been if I'd have hung on to him. Uh, although, man, tight end position has just been a killer. I have not been able to replace it. Yeah, and I would say, so you, you mentioned the trade with uh, Ertz, and I think Sony Michelle was involved in that trade. That took place sometime either before or right after week one. But I would say your best move of the season took place in week two, picking up Philip Lindsay for $42. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the time, I remember people thinking $42 for an undrafted rookie running back, that's a lot, but he's really paid off for you all season. Well, again, I got, you know, people thought that was stupid. Boy, I spent a waste a lot of money on him, but, man, he has been stellar. He has been awesome. I could not have – I could not be where I am today without him and Carson. I mean, they have, they have uh, kept me in there throughout the, this run. Zach and I have talked about the idea of implementing a keeper system in our league. I don't know your thoughts on that, but if we were to, you know, pass a vote and, and implement keepers, would, would Lindsay be the keeper or would it be somebody else? Oh, it would be Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes has been unbelievable. I mean, really. I picked him up, I think, in the seventh round. Uh, to Really, with my thought in mind, I didn't know what he was going to turn into, but I thought I needed somebody, you know, somebody solid to back up Watson who I took with a high pick. Um, and it turned out that I hardly ever used Watson. Yeah. Um, there were a few people who wanted him in the trade, and I decided to hold on to him because I thought, you know, if something happened in Mahomes, I'd be done. Right. Uh, so I held on to him. Uh, and it. And there was a couple of weeks, it was in fact Mahomes' bye week, and a couple of other plays that I thought Mahomes might have some difficulty. Watson actually came through every time I played him. So – to have those two guys at your disposal turn out to be just, you know, gold. Yeah, and you've made a couple of moves here recently, not too many uh, with, with Fab kind of dry for you, but uh, I'm going to do a similar thing that I played earlier. I'm going to do like a little bit of word association. Uh, not exactly the same thing, but 16 targets, 16 catches, 202 receiving yards, one touchdown, Harvard. Who am I talking about? I have no idea. Anthony Ferkser, the tight end for the Titans that you picked up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any, yeah, any chance? We were talking about somebody I already had on my team. I was like, ah. No, you, you picked yeah. him up this week. Any chance he plays for you this week? Yeah, because um, uh, Hooper's questionable. Oh. He has a leg injury. They don't even know if he's going to play. So I, I picked him up because with um, um, the Titans have lost their second tight end now. Right. So Ferkser's been solid. He had 13 points week before last. In fantasy. Um, so, you know, with both of their star um, tight ends out, Ferkser, I believe, is going to be solid, a solid play. So, yeah, he might. I might start him anyway. We'll see. You're favored by about 13 points in this semifinal matchup in Week 15 with Ryan Risher of Dragon Energy. What are your thoughts on the matchup overall? Do you think you're really favored by as much as Yahoo's saying? Mm. At, at this point, I mean, 
13 points doesn't give me any consolation. Seriously. I mean, I was down to, um, I've been down to that several times throughout the course of the season. Uh, my, my only, uh, concern is, you know, I've got some guys that, um, can have a great week one week and then flop. Uh, I got a few guys that are just inconsistent. They can have a, a stellar week and then die. So, that's my concern. If everybody plays up to their potential, uh, I, I think it'd be hard to be beat. Zach, any parting words for Kevin before we let him go here? Uh, Kevin, if, um, if it happens to be you and Jeff and Rob in the uh, championship, do you think we should make it where Deshaun Watson is eligible at tight end since they have that Samuels guy? <laughs> we, we, don't yeah, have, yeah. we don't have to tell Jeff and Rob, and we can just <laughs> – if we can yeah, just it, make it happen. Yeah, just make it happen. I just didn't know what your thoughts were on that. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. Um, I tell you what, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I have uh, I've worked hard at fantasy. I, I usually do, but um, you know, I have consistently tried, even though I got behind early. Uh, it it hurt a lot to uh, to not have a running back early. And so I've been playing catch up, but I've picked up some great guys, individual IDPs. I picked up some of those good guys. I made a good trade with Zach to get Littleton. He was thrown in on a deal. So I picked up some guys that have been solid, really solid. And uh, just trying to put some pieces together. I think the, the worst part of it has just been not having a tight end. And I have, I have really struggled with tight end. Everything else has kind of come together. Yeah. But, uh, tight end's easily been the thinnest position for sure this year. Oh, it's there's no depth whatsoever. I mean, there's there's nobody to to pick up. I mean, it's it's dry. Yep. But, All right, Ke- Kevin, let's call your shot. Should you win this week and beat Rish, we won't get ahead of ourselves here. But who would you rather play, uh, the winner of Tecmo or Strongside? Who'd you rather play? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm playing with, uh, you know, Alice Money. I just. House money, that's what I was trying to think of. At this point, I'm playing with house money. Uh, I, to to uh, take out uh, the number one seed as an eighth seed, to me, it's it's almost the, uh, you know, like the NCAA tournament, uh, a one seed getting taken out by, you know, 16th seed. You just, that just doesn't happen. Um, so to be able to pull that off and to overcome that Monday night deficit, I'm telling you what, I could not watch it. I've watched, I've watched all the other games that had something to do with it, but I was just could not watch it. But I kept checking my phone every little bit, and I know I got down to three minutes to go in the game. I was still losing <laughs> by like, like point six of a point. Yeah. I was like, crap. Even if I pull this off and win by a point or two, stat correction could do me again. Oh, and um, and then all of a sudden for Carson, of all the people that could have scored for Seattle for Carson to get a touchdown and then the defense to turn around and score right after that. Yeah. It was pretty surreal. Yeah. Poetic justice. Hey, Kevin, you've been a really great guest. Every time you've come on the podcast, uh, this is the best I've seen your worst nightmare. This is the best I've seen your team probably since we've been doing the podcast. So we're rooting for you, man. Best of luck throughout this week. And if well, you I appreciate it. I just hope we really are the worst nightmare for everybody that's left. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for calling. Zach, what'd you make of Kevin's call? Do you seem pretty confident? 
Yeah, and, uh, yeah he's got to be on cloud nine. I mean, taking out the number one seed. Um, so I, I think he's just happy to be where he's at. I think a lot of it was like cautious optimism, just in that, you know, uh, from what he was saying, the things he was saying about his matchup this week with Rish, you know, we just, we hope we get in. And, uh, you know, the way he was talking about his, the stack corrections possibly taking away a win against Jake. I think he's just surprised to be here, but he's really happy. And, and I think I'm happy for him. Uh, so let's pick this one. Who do you got? Oh, I'm going with Kevin. I want to pick, yeah, I want to pick Rish, but I, I'm going with the same here. It's, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah. Rish is still rolling with Kenyon Drake, who, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but he needed a miracle on that lateral play in week 14 to break double-digit points. Uh, and then Rish is also investing a lot in his tight end spot and a rookie tight end in the Panthers offense that really doesn't value tight ends. We've seen this season. So um, with Rish, too, four of his offensive spots belong to two NFL teams, the Panthers and Bengals. And those are two teams in decline that are kind of relying on garbage time stats for fantasy. So I actually, I like a big week for Kevin, and he is my lock of the week. All right. Bold prediction, too, for Kevin. And we didn't really talk about Hopkins much with him, but I'm going to say that DeAndre Hopkins goes over 20 points for the first time since week nine. Okay. Bold prediction. I like it. And, and you know, Rich really, he's got the team to pull this off as well. You know, I'm looking at his roster. Um, so, I mean, it, it could be a fairly close game. So, we will have to see. Like I said earlier, if Odell Beckham Jr. plays for the Giants, then it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, we don't really know the status yet as of Wednesday night, but uh, if he plays, it's going to be a tight one. But if not, I could just see Kevin running away with it. Yeah, uh, and I kind of hope he doesn't for the uh, Titans' playoff sake. So we'll see. Right. Those were our semifinal picks of the week. Zach, before we close this one out, let's do our Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week! Thursday night football, I was there, uh, you know, you and I texted back and forth. Wild game with the Titans gave up a safety and then a garbage time touchdown, but for the most part, they just dominated the Jaguars. We talked earlier about Derrick Henry and that massive 99-yard run he had. Darren Rovell, a guy we've referenced on this podcast several times, he's got a great Twitter account, does a lot of, like, financial tweets when it comes to sports. He tweeted during the middle of the Titans game, right after that 99-yard run by Derrick Henry, he says, please don't call that one one of the best runs in NFL history. If you call it anything, call it one of the worst tackling jobs. The official Titans Twitter account responded to Darren Rovell in all caps and said, shut up, nerd, tighten up. <laughs> and, and Rovell took it really well, uh, yeah. not to rhyme there, but he, uh, he basically got dragged by the Titans, and he said so. I uh, basically quoted that tweet and said, appreciate all the text messages and the DMs after I got dragged last night. I will remember the Titans. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, that's good. Um, the only one that I have that I thought was funny was GameStop. Um, have you ever traded in a game there? Yeah, they give you like a ham sandwich. Yeah, right. So uh, they put out that they're rep reportedly looking for a buyer, which, I mean, you could have seen this coming a long time ago that they're going to go out of business. Um but somebody tweeted out, they said, uh, I can give them a dollar twenty-seven. And then everybody on the comments keeps going lower and lower, you know, talking about they can give them pennies and stuff like that. But I just thought that was funny for anybody that's ever traded in traded in a game at GameStop. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so those were the tweets of the week. Zach, we made our semifinal picks, talked with Kevin White a little bit of your worst nightmare. He was just having one of the best seasons I know he's had in, in recent years and and probably ever. A uh, win this week for Kevin would put him in his first ever championship game. So 
Um, we'll, we'll watch that matchup, and we'll watch the matchup with Tecmo and Strong Side. Zach, what do you got for us? That's a W. That's E1. 